Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spot Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have another amazing guest with us today. Yes, we do. And of course, if you are loving the Spa Strong podcast, then please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform it is that you choose to listen to this podcast. Again, that just helps us to be able to reach more estheticians so that we can spread our message of badass estheticianery. Estheticians. Badassery. You know what? Just being powerful, wonderful, amazing estheticians. All right, let's introduce our awesome guest. So today we have the pleasure of speaking with Rhea Schwartz. Rhea is a licensed esthetician based in Tampa, Florida and owner of Flirt Wax Bar, where they specialize in waxing, microblading, and skincare. She is also the owner of Bosses in Beauty, which specializes in coaching six-figure estheticians to build their teams and take their businesses to the next level of success. Hi, Rhea. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this with you. Thank, Thank you. you. We're excited to have yeah. you. Um, we So for you listeners, we had the chance to speak with Rhea a little bit last week and hear about her story. And we're so excited yes. to have her on so that she can talk to you all about how she has been able to overcome so many trials to get her business and her career to where it is now. So what we were thinking is we kind of just, Rhea, we'd love for you to just tell your story. And then at the end, we'll break things down a little bit, but it's just so amazing. We just want to hear it straight from you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm so happy to share it because um, as I told you guys before, hearing other people's uh, stories of getting through their struggles helped me so much growing my business. So I'm really happy to come full uh, full circle and be able to share. Uh, So I uh, started my esthetician career um, when I was a senior in high school. I was really ready to drop out of high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do in college and I just wasn't really a fan. And it was more that I was just like bored in high school uh, with what they were teaching. Um, And I think with like a lot of estheticians, you know, they get into the the industry because they struggle with their skin. And that was totally my story. I started going to estheticians super young for acne and getting facials and microderms and peels and blue light. And so when I found out I could actually do that as a career, I was like, oh, I am all in, like sign me up right away. So I was able to take night school and I graduated high school and esthetician school uh, at the same time. And so my dream was to move out to LA and work at a medical spa where celebrities would go. Like that was like my dream. So at 18, I moved to LA. I got a receptionist job at a a famous medical spa. And really quickly, I learned that one, it's very expensive to live on your by yourself, especially in LA. (laughs) And um, I, I got very jaded with like the celebrity life of like, how it actually worked with celebrities coming into spas. And so really quickly that dream went down the drain <laughs> and I moved back home to New Mexico and I got a job with a uh, the lady that was doing my Brazilian waxing. She had just started her own business and she was waxing like 30 girls a day, she told me. So I was like, wow, like if I could do facials for her, that's like a huge clientele. I'd be so busy. And so I ended up getting a job with her, but instead of doing facials, uh, she trained me how to wax. And so that was the start of my career waxing. Okay. Uh, So after a few years, I was ready to uh, move out of New Mexico again. 
And I decided to go to Tampa because I had family there and I went growing up and I just loved it. And I was just ready right away. Like I I saw the business model of waxing and I thought it was just so smart. One, because I had a great technique and I was really fast and I could see like four clients in an hour. And two, because like hair always grows back. So it's like more of a necessity than a luxury. And so I found a place on Craigslist and I signed the lease before I moved to Florida. So like day one that I moved to Florida, like I, I started my business. Now, when I got there, I cried when I saw the room that I had signed for. It was so shady. And I had, my mom had like vetted it out for me and said it was cute. But like our ideas of cute are so different, I learned. And I legit cried because it was just, you know, you have this vision in your mind of like when you open your business, what it's going to look like and be like. And I had, I had this really cute website that I had designed and it did not match at all. And I was so scared because I was like, oh my God, if people find me online and they see this super cute website and they come in, like they're going to be so disappointed. Mm-hmm. But um, what I've learned, it's like the people that become successful, it's, uh, it's not resources, it's resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And before I even knew what that was, is what I was doing. So, I mean, I took over and I just, I painted that whole entire place, not just my room. I told the landlord, I was like, I am changing all the furniture in the like common area. I'm spray painting the doors white. And I just made the whole thing as cute as I could. And when I started, you know, I didn't have a single client. I moved to a brand new city. I didn't know anyone. And I started by, I actually put a Groupon out and that's how I uh, got a lot of clients right away. But there was a technique to it. And the technique was, you know, because Groupon can put a lot of people out of business. And I don't even know if that's like a thing anymore. But at the time it was. Mm -hmm. And Instagram wasn't really like popular back then. So I, uh, I limited it one per person. And I knew that I wanted to keep them as clients. Like if I'm going to give you a crazy discount, not only am I going to keep you as a client and coming back, but I was getting reviews from every single client. So I saw hundreds of people from Groupon and I started building this huge, uh, all these reviews on Yelp. So within a year, I had a, a, a pretty stable waxing business. And during this time, I was commuting from my mom's house, which was about 45 minutes away. And I, she, during the car drive, she would give me a Tony Robbins CDs to listen to. So I really started uh, understanding a little bit about personal growth and like the power of our minds. And so every day on the way to work, not only was I starting to listen to this really powerful um, stuff, but I would pass like right down the street, this like uh, retail storefront location. And it was like on the super busy street, but it was right on the corner at where there was a stop light. So you like had to stop right in front of it. And for about six months, I would just visualize like I am moving into that location. Like it was mine in my head. And within one year, I got that location. And yeah, Um, so it's funny looking back, like I journal a lot about my dreams and goals. And I was reviewing some of like my, my notes from like 20, like 13, 2014, when I first opened and the amount of things that I actually manifested and made happen is amazing. Um, Which just shows like the power of your mind and like writing it down. Uh, but so I 
One of my friends helped me build it out and I spent all my money building out this super cute location. And it only had, um, it had two rooms and a little front, but it was so cute and I was so in love with it. And so as my second year in business began, um, I did grow and I had just hired my first employee. I had just hired her. I just moved into my own apartment that was super close to my new location. And I just bought a puppy and life was like pretty easy and pretty good for a little bit. And all of a sudden one day, uh, my landlord gives me a letter and it says, you cannot renew and you need to get out of here in 60 days. And my heart was crushed. I like didn't understand because not only did I spend all this money making this location so cute, I was like such a good tenant. I paid rent on time. Um, I never did anything that would like make me think I would be like kicked out. But what had happened is one, I only signed a one year lease out of fear. And the fear was that, well, just in case this doesn't work, um, I better only sign one year and I'll be the first to be able to renew. Mm -hmm. And what happened was the neighbor saw how cute I made the space and he had a hair restoration business and he decided he needed more space and he wanted to take over my unit. And these were like two old men that were like best friends. So I legit, I was just in a bad situation and it's, I mean, looking back, you know, I think this is why it's so amazing what you guys are doing is like teaching people um, not only boundaries, but like the, the backbone and like getting lawyers to look at things. And I mean, I learned a lot of lessons the hard way in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I cried to my landlord at the time. I was just so heartbroken because I had just not only moved to a new state, but I had just moved my business two times within two years. I mean, at the time I had already made it a six figure business within the second year. But it's like, you're putting so much back into your business. I really didn't have a lot of money. And so I cried to him and he was just like, nope, you have to be out. There's just no way. And so it was really like um, one of those pivotal moments in my life that I really had to decide, like, do I keep going and do I, do I take a chance and do I take a leap of faith and like move again? But if I do move again, I wanted to get a place that I could grow into because there was no way I would move again after that. Right. Or I was 24 at the time and I was like, or I could just quit. I tried, I did good and get a normal job and like, go have fun. Cause like I hadn't had fun in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And you know, I see all my friends going out and drinking and, and just living life. And I, I don't think I even went to the beach once within the first two years I went to Florida cause I was just working all the time. And this was like one of the most stressful decisions. And I would go to bed every night and I would wake up with just like night sweats and I'd wake up at like 3 a.m. And I did make the decision that I was like, you know what? I can't picture my life working for someone else. Like I know that I'm meant to be a business owner and I do have such a strong clientele already. So I decided to go for it. But now it was like looking for a bigger location and um, having the money to move and build it out and do it all within 60 days. It's, it's a lot. And so what I started doing with all the stress that was on my shoulders, and I had just hired someone, right? So it's like, I, I feel the responsibility that I just hired someone and she's, I'm in charge of her livelihood. 
And I felt so bad, but I, I had to take her down to like one day a week waxing because I just, I needed to make all the money so I could afford to move. Mm-hmm. And so at the time I started listening like hours and hours a day of Lewis Howes, the school of greatness on podcasts, entrepreneur on fire, all these interviews with entrepreneurs and people that really talked about strong mindsets and getting through hard times. And I would just listen endlessly. I was like flooding my brain with it. And what happened was uh, Lewis House talks a lot about uh, feeling grateful for things before they happen and like writing them down like it did already happen. And looking back, like in my notebooks, which I'm so grateful I kept, like I literally would write like, God, thank you so much. I found the most perfect location for Flirt Wax Bar and the landlords are going to pay for the whole build out. It's going to make this much money a month. Like I would write in such great detail and I would write it over and over. Like I put the date so I know like almost every single day for a while, this is what I wrote. And when I did find my perfect location, it was three times the size, three times the rent. And it was a $30,000 build out when I didn't have anywhere close to that kind of money. But I, I told the landlords my story about getting kicked out, but that I did have a successful business. And they agreed not only to pay $20,000 of the $30,000 build out, and I got a friend to help me out with the other. So I really didn't have to put like a huge amount in right away. But I got them to agree to do the build out with no permits. I got the contractor to agree to this too, because it's like when you get permits to build out a place, those could take between a month to three months in themselves. You really don't know. So they agreed to help me and do it without permits. We, we did the build out in one month, which was amazing. And it was like my dream location. And we got caught without permits right at the end. Oh my God. When they were going to turn on the water, we got totally caught red handed. And if you get caught without permits, the state likes to punish you by making you wait even longer. So I had this finished building and location. My 60 days was up, but I couldn't move into it. And I also was spending so much on it, even though they paid for a good amount, it was still expensive and I still had rent to pay. So I couldn't afford to pay my current landlord that wanted me out. And he also decided because it was the end of my lease that if I stayed any longer, he was going to charge me double rent. So (laughs) it was crazy. So I'm waiting to go uh, into that location and my landlord is threatening to sue me. And it was just, it was so stressful. Like I can't even describe the stress at 25 years old that I was going through at the time. And um, so finally, when I did get into that location, it didn't get like easy right away because I had all this back rent. It took about, I think I was in there for like about four or five months longer than I was supposed to be. They made us wait so long to let me move in. And so I had a ton of money. I owed the landlord who I hated by the way. Like I just like hated him with a passion and I had this new business that was so expensive to pay rent. And there was only myself and my one other waxer. So it was like, I was just in a a very 
chronically stressed situation for a long time and I, I didn't know what to do. So even though we were making, you know, 10 or $15,000 months, when you have bills coming in like that, like it's just, it's just not enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what happened was it really made me think a lot bigger. And so finally, what I did was I thought, you know, okay, waxing is just such a small price point and we see a high volume, but it's not enough. So microblading had just become really popular. And I saw people on Instagram that were getting like really book solid with it and doing so well. So I was like, you know what? Like no one's really offering this in Tampa. Why don't I offer microblading and uh, see what happens? And uh, I hired my cousin to work for me because she wasn't a huge fan of her job at the time, but she was an artist and she could draw really well. So when I hired her, she got booked right away and it completely changed my business. Um, we went from, you know, a hundred thousand dollar year to $300,000 a year within a year. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so blessed with that. So at this time, um, I had just, I had just gone through a lawsuit with my old landlord. So even though we had a good year, I was still working every day in my business, waxing clients all day. There was only three of us working. So there was myself, my waxer and my microblading artist. And we were all burnt out. We were all slammed all day with clients. I had no one answering the phone. So we were answering the telephone in between clients and cleaning not only our rooms, but my this huge location I just moved into every single day. And so I had told the girls, I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to hire a receptionist because I know it will help so much. And I lined up all these interviews for a receptionist and... I canceled all of them last minute because I had so much fear of spending money and investing in someone uh, that didn't bring money into my business. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like we don't recognize sometimes the fears that hold us back that are really holding us back from greatness. Because after that, um, I went to my first Tony Robbins event, uh, Unleash the Power Within. And at that event, I just, I felt like I found like my community, my people, like people that were just like growth minded and would go really deep, really fast um, with conversation. And I knew after that, I was like, okay, I got to go back and I got to hire a receptionist. And I did. And it was the most life changing thing. And I, I know a lot of places don't have receptionists, but it's just so vital to have someone answering the phone and you'll get so much busier with so much less stress when you have someone at the front. Um, So that was the first powerful thing I did when growing my business. And then I went to a couple months later, I went to a business mastery, which is a $10,000 event with Tony. (laughs) And I was so scared to go, but I knew that I, I needed it really bad. Because now I was at a point where I loved my receptionist so much that I wanted to, uh, I had an extra room and she wanted to do facials. So I was like, well, let me give her growth and she can start doing facials. Knowing in my heart that it was the wrong decision, but also like not really knowing how to be a good business owner that makes decisions based on your business and not based off people's happiness all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had... $10,000 in my savings. And like, I think it was like three days before the event, I called the rep and I was like, book it right now. Like I need to go. 
So I went to business mastery and it was the best investment I've ever made in my business. It taught me how to be a real business owner. You know, I, I learned that like most business or most estheticians that open businesses are, are actually operators. They work in their business so much. And if they leave their business for a week, they're going to be so stressed because either they're not making money or their phones are going to be crazy and they're going to come back to like all these things they missed. Mm -hmm. And what you want to become ultimately, at least for most people, is an owner. And an owner, you could go out of town for a month, your business will profit and you come back and you're relaxed because you just went on vacation. (laughs) And that's what he teaches you is how to be a real business owner. And part of that is like making the time to work on the business versus in it. So when I was at the event, I made a few decisions and I decided I'm not going to work in my business anymore because I do want to grow it. And I need that time to really work on the growth, which is important. And you can't do that when you're in the room all day waxing 30 people a day. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I needed someone to replace me right away. So that was my one decision. And then the other thing was like, Oh, sorry. Let me come back a little bit. A a lot of it was about mindset, right? And like recognizing the beliefs that are holding us back. So my first belief was that my business couldn't run or couldn't profit without me working in it. And so that's when I had made that decision about replacing myself. Now, my second belief was that I had this microblading artist that was incredible at what she did. And she had a three-month wait list. And now I have an extra room and I'm going to start doing facials out of the blue because I want to make my receptionist happy. Mm -hmm. But my belief was that like no one could do it as well as she can. Like she's the only one that can be that good. And I had one of my friends at the event, she questioned me and she said, but is that really true? Like, is she really the only person that can do microblading that well? And that was so eye-opening for me, you know, because sometimes you really need someone to look at you and like question your beliefs because a belief is something that you're so certain, you know, you believe it's true, like the sky is blue and the grass is green. So to have someone tell me that, I was like, you know, that's not true. Um, I hired an artist and I got her really good training and we have a really good reputation. So if I could repeat that, I would cut a three month wait list down to like, hopefully like a month. And that's exactly what I did when I got home from that event. I was so on fire that I replaced myself right away. I hired someone that only needed a little bit of training, like a little tweaking here and there. So she, within a week, I had her trained to wax. And at the same time, I hired another microblading artist. Mm -hmm. And when you built a brand, um, A brand is about like consistency. You know, I think right now a lot of people think brand is Instagram and that's all it is. It's like making your aesthetic look nice and your feed look nice. But really what a true brand is, is a brand is a promise that over delivers and delivers consistency uh, consistently. So it's like when people see your reviews online, okay, do your reviews, uh, are they cohesive with like your website? And is that cohesive when, when they walk in the door, how they feel and going to different people, do they get that experience with everyone? And up until that point, um, I did know at least that, like I knew that if someone, a client comes in our door, like they have to feel a certain way, it needs to look a certain way, they're treated a certain way, and they're going to get a level of service that's exceptional. And that's something that I had done from the beginning. So it was really easy. Like once you have 
that brand uh, to hire people and they get booked like that. So at the same time, and oh, sorry if I'm backtracking a little bit, but um, so when I got home from that event, that was $10,000 ticket. I grew from a $30,000 a month to a $60,000 a month within two months, 60 days. So it's like sometimes the best investment you can make is within yourself. And it's like, it's so scary sometimes when you're like thinking about like hiring a coach or taking a class because it's expensive, but I've never regretted a single coach or seminar that I've ever been to. And up until now, I've invested about 200000 into my own personal growth and business growth. I've spent more than I have in the bank, but it's okay because it's so priceless what I've learned from that. So during the same time, um, what happened was I was so on fire from this event. I was doing all these amazing things in my business within a really short amount of time. But at the event, I had woken up and one day at Business Mastery and my arm was numb. And I was like, that's weird. Like I must have slept on it wrong. And I, I kind of ignored it. But then a couple days later, it didn't really go away. And so every, when I got home, every couple days, it was like kind of getting worse and kind of spreading throughout my body. So it was like it started with my arm being numb and then it spread to my side was numb. And then by the time I had finished, like the last day I finished training my waxer to replace me, I couldn't even move my hands. Mm-hmm. It was the craziest thing. And I feel so guided because... I literally couldn't wax in my business anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was felt so blessed that I had been guided to go to that event because now I had this whole other problem. And luckily I didn't have to work in my business every day since I physically couldn't anyways. Um, so while I'm working on my business, I'm trying to figure out like what the heck is happening to me. And I thought originally that it was just like a, my chiropractor said, oh, you probably have a pinched nerve in your neck and like a a herniated disc or something. So I got x-rays on my neck and he's like, yeah, you do have a herniated disc. So for a long time, that's what I thought it was. But then it kept getting worse and it went from not being able to move my hand to not being able to move my whole arm to being all the way down to my leg where I could barely walk. Mm -hmm. It was so bad. So throughout this time, I was getting tests done and I went to like four different doctors and finally I got referred to go to a neurologist. And the neurologist said, um, there's lesions on your brain and spine and you have multiple sclerosis and it's so bad. And you're going through an attack right now from like the last two months I was in an attack, but I didn't know it was happening. So it kept spreading. And he's like, you need to go to the hospital now and get a, a, a steroid, which kind of calms the inflammation in your brain. And so for those that don't know what MS is, it's, Um, an autoimmune disease where your body attacks the uh, myelin sheath, which protects the nerves around your brain and spine. So what happens is people get these attacks intermittently and um, it it can affect everyone different. Like some people could go blind. A lot of people end up not walking or not speaking. It just depends where it attacks on your body. So, um, I went to the hospital, I got a drug, and most of everything came back slowly after that. 
besides like the feeling in my hand is still numb, but I just am blessed that I can, I'm mobile everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I, the neurologist looked me in the eye and he said, if you don't take this drug, you will never walk again. And I'm 27 at the time. And I just went through the most four most stressful years in my business. I just grew it amazingly, but I had like very little time to like experience the like bliss in that. Right. Like right after that, I get this horrible news that like my life's over basically. Mm -hmm. So I take this drug and I felt horrible. Like I felt like all the symptoms that they say MS has is what I was feeling after I took the drug. So I was sleeping all day. I had brain fog. I I could barely function because I was just so exhausted. And I just knew that this wasn't right. Like I just had this gut feeling. I was like, I don't think this is how I'm supposed to feel at 27 with or without MS. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that summer, I decided I needed to go back to a Tony Robbins event and kind of get my my energy back a little bit. So I took my manager to attend uh, UPW in New York, and I volunteered at that same event to be in the energy and to uh, hear all the content because there's just so much content. I mean, they're like 15-hour days. Like You could hear it again and again, and you'll always pick up something new. Mm-hmm. But while I was there, I realized I was like, wow, like this is where I get my certainty. Like I am around these amazing people with beautiful energy. And I just know like who the heck I am when I am at these events. Like I have this like inner power that like comes through. And I just knew right there that the drugs were just not going to work out for me. And that's not how I wanted to spend my life. But I also knew that like, at least in the beginning, I needed to be around these people to like maintain my certainty with that for as as much as I could. Because what happens with influence is whoever is more certain, as long as there's rapport between two people, like a general respect, if you have more certainty than I do, you'll influence me. So with the doctor that you respect, if he looks you in the eye and tells you something and he's so certain and I'm so uncertain, about something, I will believe you. Mm -hmm. But if I can build my certainty within myself to be like, no, I think there's another way. Like, I don't think that I need drugs. I think I can heal this naturally. Um, That's possible, but it's like, it takes a while to build that up, right? Especially when it's something so new and so scary that like, they're saying you can't walk again. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, so the next... Three years of my life, I spent traveling the world with Tony Robbins and other amazing entrepreneurs and other amazing speakers. And I I went to India and Abu Dhabi and Bali and Dubai and Australia and Europe and all these incredible places. And I not only was traveling, but at the same time, I was able to grow my business. So within that time frame. I went off drugs completely. I was barely at home at my business, but I was able to grow it because I had this mindset of ownership and I was hanging out with multi-million dollar entrepreneurs. So they I was getting this feedback from them and this like it's like you become who you hang out with, you know, if you've ever heard like you are the average of the five people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I was becoming. So I was able to grow to a 
seven figure business while like living my best life. And what it really like, I feel like the whole message I want to get across is that like, I could have looked at it so many different ways. You know, it's like, I could have looked at it as woe is me. I just spent four years like not having a life to build my business. And now I get diagnosed with a a disease that they say is uncurable. Like my life is over. I'm depressed or whatever it is, but I chose to find a higher meaning to it. And I chose to find the good and what to be grateful for. Like how, how blessed am I that it was the left side of my body and not the right side because I still can't feel my left hand, but that's okay. Cause I write with my right hand mm-hmm. and how blessed was I to be guided to that event so that I, I learned how to take myself out from doing services. And when you can like learn to look for all the blessings and all the good in your life and give challenges, higher meanings and like a higher purpose to them. And just know that like, life is happening for you and not to you and everything is there to like guide you to like become who you're meant to be like game over you win you win life because nothing can affect you mentally it's it's all the way that we react to things it's it's not the event but it's like our reaction to the event right Mm -hmm. in business there's going to be so many things that happen and I almost feel like it's hearing so many stories of entrepreneurs, especially when I used to listen to them over and over when I was going through that really hard time of my business and, you know, entrepreneur on fire used to say, uh, what do you do? What was your rock bottom moment? And how did you get through that? Where are you now? And every single super successful entrepreneur goes through a rock bottom moment. They do. So I almost feel like it's like a a rite of passage at this point. Like if, if you want to be super successful, you're probably going to go through some like really hard times. But if you have um, references of other people that have been through that and have gotten past that, it will make it so much easier. And if you can be grateful through it and just know that it's being guided, um, it'll just help your, your whole journey. So. Holy shit. <laughs> I just, and this is my second time hearing you tell the story. And I still, I mean, look at all the notes that I wrote. Uh, like this I is, so. I, I love it. I'm a note taker too. Okay. Yeah. So yes. Okay. Listen, we gotta, we gotta break some things down here because I love your story so much. I'm like, can we just talk to each other for like every day for the next week. Like I just, I love everything that you're about. I love everything that you're saying. Okay. I'm going to dive into my notes. Do you have anything you want to say no, first? Cause I'm a monopolize this I don't, conversation. I'm interject. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, thank you so much for sharing all of that in such great detail. Yes. I mean, everything that you have overcome is so incredible. And a um, couple of things I want to talk about. We're going to go back to the beginning. Okay. So you had this vision of what your space, you know, when you signed that first lease in Florida, you had this idea in your mind of what it was going to look like. And when you arrived there, it was not that at all. Right. Um, we work with people sometimes who are not happy with their current situation. It's not the dream yet. It's not the perfect location. It's not the perfect clients. It's not, you know, they're not 
doing exactly the services they want, so on and so forth. And they kind of use that as like a reason to lose motivation. Right. And so the fact that you were like, you know what? Yeah, I'm crying. I'm not happy with this, but this is what I have to work with. And you became resourceful. And I love that you took it upon yourself to take as much control over that environment as possible. Because a lot of people would, would not even think to approach the, you know, the landlord and say, hey, I'm going to decorate the main area. I'm going to paint all the doors. I'm going to change the furniture. Because it's like kind of this mentality of you know, either, oh, am I allowed to do that? I don't know if I'm allowed to. But also, that's not my responsibility. I don't pay for that part. Yeah. You know? So, so I think it comes down to like, what are you focusing on? Like a lot of people tend to focus on what they can't control versus what they can control. And also I've always just been such a a future visionary person. Like it's almost to the point where like, I need to like tone it down a little bit and get more present sometimes and like appreciate where I'm at. But holding that vision is so important. And when it comes to being like, again, like everything happens for a reason, including the people in our lives. When I was 18, I worked for a woman that handed me the book, The Secret, and she said, you need to read this. And so the understanding of like visualizing happened for me really young. And so I knew there was something to it. And so all I could say with like, girls just starting out and like not being super happy at where they're at is just like, you just have to have one faith, like faith that if you're committed and you decide that like, this is going to happen and I have this dream, like you have to hold that vision so clear, like clarity is power. The more clear you are on your dream space and your dream business, the faster you'll get there, Mm. you know? Yes. I love it. Um, I love it. Okay. So the other thing is, and you talk about this throughout, but I wrote down that you were willing to invest in your personal growth. And sometimes we think so literally about our businesses. We're like, okay, if this is not directly related, if I'm not learning how to improve my waxing skills, then how could this be helping? If I can't see it, Mm-hmm. then this isn't going to work. Exactly. Yeah. How is how how can I, um, you know, why would I invest in this when there are so many other things I could be putting my money toward that like directly affects my business? But the thing is, is that it does not matter if you have all the right answers, if you know exactly all the steps you should take to be able to have a perfect six, seven figure business. If you do not have the mentality and the mindset and the you know the personal growth necessary to be able to follow through and invite those opportunities into your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my business completely changed when I went all in on my personal growth. It's like I had listened to it in the beginning in and I was understanding it, but it's like you can get so much online for free and it's great. It's amazing what's for free and people should really take advantage of YouTube and podcasts where they're getting all this knowledge for free. But when you're ready to take it to the next level and actually invest one, you value, you don't always value or implement what you don't 
have a financial investment in. So when you're financially invested, you're going to take it a lot more serious. You know, my first business coach um, I hired was $450 an hour. You bet I did my homework when I was paying $450 an hour. And that was not when I had a super successful business. That was just like really in the beginning, but I knew I needed help. But you're also, your business will never grow past your own personal growth. I mean, they go hand in hand. And what Tony teaches at Business Mastery, where people are paying thousands of dollars and there's all different levels in that room. There's people with brand new businesses and there's people in that room with a hundred million dollar plus businesses. It's a huge difference. And they, and the people with a hundred million dollar businesses go over and over. And so there's a couple things to that. One is that what he teaches is business is 80% psychology and only 20% skill set. If you do not have the right mindset for business, I mean, you can make it so far, but you'll only get to a certain point. But also it's like, if there's people that have businesses that are like that big and they're in that room, one, I want to be in that room. And the fact that they're going over and over and 80% of the content is about the psychology and like your mindset and becoming an owner and not an operator. I mean, it's, it's the biggest thing in business. And I, I do truly wish more people knew about like how massively important it is. Mm-hmm. I love some of the things you said. Um, first of all, that these $100 million earners, they're going over and over and over again. And it's that understanding that your personal growth is the catalyst for all of the innovation, all of the creativity, all of those other things that move your business forward as well. And we'll we'll jump into that more with some of the other things that you experienced. Um, but I think also, um, I I remember dating this guy years ago who he was like, I was dating him around the time that I opened my first studio and he was like a multi-million dollar entrepreneur kind of guy. And I learned so much from him. And he asked me one night, he was like, would you rather be the smartest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room? And me, I mean, I was always like very insecure and a perfectionist and people pleaser and everything. And I was like, oh, I definitely want to be the smartest person in the room. And he was like, no, let me help you understand why you don't want that. And he talked to me about how you want to surround yourself who know more, who are better. And it's not a pride thing. Like it's not a competition. It's how can you be benefited from all of these other great minds. And so I love that these people gather over and over and over again to be exposed to these other great minds. Because if you want, like, just like you were saying, you're the sum, the average of the people that you hang out with. And so if you want to be a hundred million dollar earner, shouldn't you be in that room with the other hundred million dollar earners? Makes yeah. sense to me. <laughs> and you might not get to a hundred million, but you'll get further than where you are for sure. You'll, be, exactly. you'll get close. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you cannot, um, you're not going to be exposed to ways to grow, to build wealth and excel your business. If you are hanging out with broke minded, scarcity minded you know, kind of people. I mean, every once in a while, there are like those miracle stories of, oh, I just had this vision and I created it from, you know, those are from slim, poverty. Those are slim and none. I know, exactly. So if you are wanting serious growth within your business, I'm just beating a dead horse. Rhea, you are so spot on. Like, yes, invest in your personal growth, expose yourself to people who have done what you want, who are, um, you know, introducing you to like-minded people who will help 
be the catalyst in your brain. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> um, one thing that you said you were talking about when you got kicked out of, you know, the place where you only signed the one year lease, you made the comment. I was the best tenant. I always paid rent on time. I never caused any problems. And it's so important to recognize that you can be doing everything right, but you still can't control your situation. But, but what I do like is that you didn't like, you didn't just accept the hands you were dealt. You like of the cards you were dealt, like you adjusted them. Yeah, it, it was hard though. That was one of the hardest lessons and I'm so grateful for it now and especially like to look back and see how much I hated him back then and and now a few years later I'm so grateful because he was um he was an angel in disguise. I would have never grown how I was supposed to without that. Mm-hmm. But now I mean it was the I wouldn't wish that lesson on anyone, although I'm grateful I went through that and got through that. But it it also taught me a powerful lesson of read your contracts. And if you don't want to read them yourself, like hire a lawyer. And I will not sign a single thing without reading every single page of a contract now. And and also asking um, a lawyer or someone I trust, like, hey, is this beneficial to me too? Because especially with landlords, I've learned it's always in their favor. So now when I just re-signed my lease for my current location and I also just expanded and signed for, we broke through the walls in the unit next door. So it's full circle. Cause I literally just did the same thing that that guy did to me, but, um, but I didn't kick anyone out. So when I re, uh, when I reread it, I really made sure like, Hey, is this beneficial for me? And I went through with the, um, with my, what's it called? Real estate agent. And we went through every single thing. So it's so massively important to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that sometimes we, when we have that scarcity mindset of like, I'm nickel and diming, I don't, I can't afford it. We tell ourselves, I can't afford to have an attorney look at this. I can't afford to, um, you know, get trademarked or, you know, whatever it is. You can't afford not to. Yeah, it'll be way more expensive later on. And also there it is about being resourceful, right? So like if you if you feel if you feel you can't hire a lawyer or someone at that level, there there are resources online that like people that will help you out, like small business um places that help out. I forget what they're called, but they're they're around different cities. Do you know what those are called? Like small business resource. Yeah, and a, a bunch of city cities have them. Yeah. There, it's, it really truly is about being more resourceful and saying, okay, well, I can't do this right now, but like, what can I do? Like, who can I go to? Who would help me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and just looking and you know what? I utilized um, a... That's what I was looking at. A, yeah. It's called the Women's Business Center. It's in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is where I built my studio initially. And um, I found out about that because of a different... I. I'm glad I married Royal, but before marrying Royal, I dated like a bunch of older entrepreneur guys. And I found out about that because of that guy that I was dating. And it was like, if I hadn't been exposed to that kind of mind, I never would have found that resource, which then helped me to be able to grow my business. But yeah, so I utilized that and it was so beneficial. So do research and find out what um, tools are accessible to you based on where you're living Um, or even just online or whatever. There's tons of great resources out there. So uh, let me see. Another thing I wanted to say is that 
So the space that you had moved into where you got kicked out of, um, you said it was two rooms, right? Really small, two rooms. Have you ever heard there are like these certain types of sharks that you can have them at home and they will grow according to the size of their tank. Oh, so if you, but I've heard of something similar. Yeah. So if you put it in a small tank, then it'll only grow this big. Yeah, absolutely. I know where you're going with this. (laughs) So I, so imagine like, obviously everything you went through was horrible, but you had put yourself into a small tank. Mm-hmm. And you weren't going to be able to expand. So I love that when that's, you moved. That's so good. Right? Yeah. I know. But I love that when you moved, you changed your mindset and you were like, I am going to move into a space that is too big for me now so that I can grow into it. You were yeah. thinking forward. You were saying, you know what? My business is going to get bigger. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's like um, it, it's like that tank, right? It's, it's, our, it's how we think. So at the time, that's all I was thinking. So when I did move and I I not only had this big place, but I had all this pressure of it being so much more expensive, it forced me to think bigger and say, hey, I need services that are more expensive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something like it was literally like do or die. Um, But yeah, that's a great metaphor. It's so true. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I want to talk about something that I went through. Um, When I had my studio... Uh, let's see, I, I moved into a larger location. So I started at one little teeny tiny studio and then I moved into a much bigger one and, but it was still just one room. Um, and I was working, I had it worked out really well where I was only working about 25 hours a week because I experienced burnout really, really easily. And so I recognized, okay, if I'm doing this business by myself, I can't work 40, 50, 60 hours a week because I tried that and it did not work out for me. So I was working like 20, 25 hours a week. And then um, this girl came and knocked on my door and she was like, you know, I, I just graduated from aesthetic school. I'm looking for a job. I saw your name. You know, I was just Googling spas. I saw the name of your spa. I looked at your website and I was just drawn to come in. And are you hiring? So I chatted with her. I had a little interview and I, I had such a good feeling about her. She was fantastic. I was like, I need this girl to come and work for me. So I said, okay, we're going to do a practical interview. Um, We scheduled it, blah, blah. The day before the practical interview, I canceled because I was like, I, I'm not, how am I going to be sure that I pay, that I can pay this person? You know, I have enough, I have enough clients for me. I have a little bit of a wait list, but is it enough? I don't know if it's enough. I don't know if I should do this. So I didn't hire her. I canceled, you know, I'm, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. So then my business is growing more. My business is growing more. And um, I got to, I started going to LA where I was building up a second location. And so then it's like, okay, if I'm traveling back and forth, I definitely need to hire somebody on. So I started um, the interview process again at that point. And then before I hired anyone, I got hit by a semi truck and I couldn't work and I had to shut my doors. And I just, and it really, to be honest, right, it did not occur to me until you were telling your story. I'm not going to get emotional because I'm really grateful for where things have ended up. Yeah. But if, oh, I am going to get emotional. Sorry. But if I hadn't let fear stop me from hiring that first girl who I had a great feeling about, who I had known, I knew in my heart that she would be an 
excellent employee and an excellent esthetician and my clients would have loved her. But if I hadn't let fear stop me from hiring her, then I would have had somebody there who could have kept doing the services and my business would not have had to close. Right. But I let that fear stop me from having that help. And then there was also the, well, you know, then there, the, um, but my clients come for me and nobody can do it. Like I can't, you know, and you, you talk yourself out of it and you make yourself believe that like you have to be the one to do it. All those limiting beliefs. Exactly. And, um, and again, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for where we are. I'm grateful for, for spa strong, you know, all of that. But it really just occurred to me in this moment that that didn't have to happen. But I let fear stop me from moving my business forward. Yeah, that's really powerful. I feel like there's a couple of point, uh, things I want to say with that story is, one, I think your story is so powerful as well of what you went through. I can't even imagine getting hit by a semi-truck. I've never even been in a car accident. But how guided was it that I, you guys did meet at the police academy, right? When you decided to be a police officer? No, I was on patrol. And then, oh, uh, I met him in one of my business trips to yeah, LA. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. Well, so it was still guided where you are, where you're supposed to be and with the person you're supposed to be, which is so beautiful. Everything's mm-hmm. so guided. But um, it's funny when we, we, when we can start to recognize why we have the fear. Is, it's very powerful. And it's really that our brain is a 2,000-year-old brain, right? It's, it's designed to protect us. So anytime we're thinking about something that could put our protection, which is our certainty or security at risk, your mind will think of all the reasons it won't work out. So for you, it was like, okay, well, I can't, what if I can't afford it? What if people won't go to her? Like all these things. So that's like such an, it's such a natural primal reaction. Mm -hmm. So when you can learn to uh, make decisions depending on the state you're in. And there's two different states. Uh, There's primal states, which is from your primal brain of protection and the fear-based thoughts. Or there's you can make decisions from a powerful state. Now, when you make decisions from a powerful state, it's, it's really based on your emotional, where you are emotionally. And making decisions from that state is from a place of happiness, gratitude, excitement. Like when you make decisions from that state of being, the primal stuff goes away. It will just all be like it, your decisions. And I can't even explain how different they are. Mm -hmm. So anytime I recognize that I'm in a fear-based mode or my, I'm in a, emotion that doesn't serve me like I will not make decisions from that state of like being like fear or sad or guilt or anything that doesn't serve me like that I will sit and I'll meditate and I will get grateful and that's when I make decisions is from a good right mind in my heart place of being because your heart knows you know our heads get in the way sometimes but when you can come from your heart um you you always make the right decision yeah Absolutely. I love that. I think um, it takes time to learn that process. And and that's where investing in your personal growth and your personal development comes into play because it allows you to progress so that you can make these better abundance-based decisions for your business and for yourself. 
and having someone to call you out uh, when when they when they do see that because sometimes it's easier for someone else to recognize than for yourself. So like having a coach to say, hey, like is that really true? Like that girl did for me at Business Mastery. Like is that really true? She's the only one that can do that really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so helpful. Yeah, I love I love that exactly. Oh, so another thing I wanted to say is that um, when you brought on microblading. Okay. You, you recognized, okay, waxing, we're called flirt wax bar. Um, we offer waxing, but it's not bringing in enough revenue for me. So you chose to be resourceful and pivot. You looked at what was popular. Um, and you looked, you're like, okay, there's a need here in my area for microblading. Um, so you, I love that you didn't let the idea of like, oh, but we're called flirt wax bar. We do waxing. That's what we do. But that didn't keep you from branching out into a service that is so much more profitable for you. Because I think sometimes we get hung up on these little details right. that are really insignificant, but we, we yeah. make them more important than they really are. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was really awesome that you were like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're called Fort Wax Bar. We're going to do microblading too. <laughs> Well, I found relatability within like, well, we wax brows, so we might as well tattoo brows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like meshed it. I was like, oh, it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think that's so great. I love hiring the receptionist because when you were, everybody, like you said, everybody was getting burnt out. And so when you took something off of all of y'all's plate and put it on somebody else, that opened up opportunity for more money to come in yeah, because yeah. Yeah. The businesses run so much smoother having someone at the front to answer. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like the quickest person gets the call. Like, unless you have, you, you know, you do have your loyal clients, but guess what? What if you're wanting to grow and you want new clients coming in? They have no loyalty to you. So mm-hmm. if you have, even if you have good stars on Google and Yelp, but guess what? There's tons of places down the street that also have good reviews. So if you miss the call and you're not calling or getting back to them for hours later because you're with clients all day, there's someone else that's going to answer and book it and they get the client. So our schedules, not only was it easier on us, but we all booked up like way further in advance having someone answer the phone and just take care of all of that in general. Yeah, that's so that's so perfect. There's so much to learn from that. One thing I did want to say is when you you were talking about how your brand is your consistency. And it's not just about the visual aspects. Your branding isn't just my colors are black and white and gray or my colors are pink and gold and white. No, your branding, I love you said that your branding is also the environment that you provide, the experience that your clients have, the results that they have. Is all of that coherent and does it all match You know what they're seeing on your website, what they're experiencing in your spa, everything? I just thought that was so perfect how you worded it. It's not just the visual, it's experience as well. Delivering, it's delivering a promise, right? So my promise is you can get a wax with one of my girls and if she's not available and you go to someone else, you're going to have the, not the exact same, right? Because people are different. Mm-hmm. I do train them the same, but you're, you're going to have an amazing experience with anyone you go to. You're going to have exceptional service. They're all going to be so friendly. You're going to feel like you made a new best friend with anyone. and. Um, it really is all in the details. Um, another part that really grew my business uh, when I had gotten, um, besides taking myself out of it, 
when I was able to really look at it, you know, I had this story at the time and it was that we were the best in Tampa. Like no one waxed better than us. Like my business had five stars everywhere. And so we're the best. Like that was my story. And when I really t- was able to take myself out and look at everything and say, and question, okay, wait, are we really the best? Like, is that really true? Or is that just like myself fulfilled? Like we're the best, you know, like a lot of people. And I looked and I said, okay, what could make it better? What could truly make us the best? And I wrote a huge list of all these tiny details that could be so much better, like having drinks at the front or having iPads for consent forms instead of paper or, um, gosh, I, it was such a long time ago, but I, it was a huge list of little things, but they made the biggest difference. It's like clients might not even notice, but it's, it's, it's like in their subconscious, you know, you walk in and it's just when it's this cohesive, just like energetic feeling. I mean, I, now I sage my business and everything. Like I want good, clear energy. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's also saying, okay, well, yeah, we're the best on Yelp, but are we the best on Google? Are we the best on Facebook? And really being everywhere uh, with the five stars and, and people knowing about you, not just Instagram. Cause I've been getting a lot of questions and it's like, what should I do with Instagram? Which is funny because I don't even have a, a huge Instagram, but um, they're asking me that. I'm like, do you have a website? Do you have five-star reviews online? Like work on that first, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. People ask us about social media all the time. And we're like, well, are you also on Google? Are you, you know, there are other ways. Are you asking for referrals? I mean, there are other ways to grow your business for sure outside of just Instagram. Um, okay. I feel like... I could go on and on and on forever um, about this conversation. I have a quick question. Yeah. So have, have you thought since, since you are bigger now, you have um, spread out a little bit. Have you thought about that celebrity sort of wax bar in California since then? Celebrity. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have a ton of friends in California, so... The thought crosses my mind. I would love to be by coastal because uh, I just I love it out there, um, and I also love my home here. But I'm at a point where I just value my freedom so much. Um, so that's why part of the reason I wanted to start an online business is because I just I love my freedom. <laughs> I want to be able to travel when I want and live where I want. Um, and just like the cost of a brick and mortar business and managing a team, I feel like for some people, multiple locations is like the end all be all. And that's great for them. But for me, I've, I've come to a point, especially with going through health stuff that I try to stress as less at the least amount as I can, because stress just wrecks havoc on your body and owning a brick and mortar business can be stressful starting a new one. Um, so my whole philosophy right now is work smarter, not harder. I love it. I love it. Um, the last thing before we wrap up is uh, I love when you were talking about, you know, obviously being diagnosed with MS and everything that's so awful, but, um, but when you were talking about overcoming influence and so that doctor who is a doctor, he's an authority figure. Um, he was influencing you. But it, it, that had to take so much courage for you to say, you know what? I'm not a doctor. I don't have that same level of education. But I know for myself that what he recommended to me is not right. Yeah. 
And then for you to give yourself permission to go and find an avenue that was right for you, that was better for you. And I think not even just with doctors, but with all kinds of authority figures in our lives, we allow them to tell us how something should be. And then we're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. And even if it's not working, if it's making things harder, if it's costing you excessive money, like if it's making you more sick than you were before, you know, whatever it is, but we, we make ourselves believe, oh, but, but he's the authority. Like he knows better than I do or she. So I'm so impressed with your ability to just be like, you know what? Nope. I'm giving myself permission to find what is right for me, regardless of what this person has to say, even though he has a medical degree. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll have to, I do have to say like a part of that was that I had found out from one of my clients who happened to be in the specific MS drug industry that that doctor was paid $250,000 from that drug company to push that specific drug mm-hmm. comparative to like, usually they get maybe like 50,000. It was a huge difference. So that was kind of like the start of it where I was like, okay, well, maybe everything's not as it seems. Like if people are getting financial gains for telling you something, maybe I need to stand up for myself and do my own research. And if someone's, it's funny because yeah, if if you ever feel that way, especially with doctors, like go find a new doctor because I found a doctor months and months later and I went to him and I said, hey, like I would like to manage, I said, I want to cure my MS. And, and then I, I corrected myself because, you know, MS is like uncurable and I, I corrected myself and I said, well, actually, I'm sorry. I know, like, I, I just want to manage this, manage it. And he was like, no, 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 we can cure it. The doctor told me that like when thousands of doctors say it's uncurable. So it's like, sometimes I like literally cried when he said that because it really just takes that faith and like finding the right people that like align with your beliefs and, um, and yeah, that, that's all I really have to say with that is you just, you just have to like have a faith so strong in yourself that you just know the right people will come at the right time in your life. And there are good people. And I don't think the other doctor was not, I don't think he was a bad doctor. I think that's what he learned. But like, there's just so many different paths. And like, if you go to a chiropractor, they're going to tell you you need a a back adjustment. If you go to a surgeon, they're going to say you need back surgery for the same problem, right? So it's like, you just have to look at for different perspectives. And it's the same in your business. It's like, sometimes you just need a new perspective to like change everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's not, it's choosing not to settle. Um, uh, but to keep looking until you find those people who are aligned with your goals and with what you believe you, what you believe is possible for you. Yeah. And looking for stories of hope too. Like I would like sit on YouTube and like find people that cured their MS. Like I, I would do it for like hours and hours of end on end. And so I, I knew it was possible. And that's the thing. It's like, sometimes you just need that, that hope from other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so. Speaking of getting hope from other people, thank you for coming on here thank and sharing you. your story. I know that our listeners are going to eat this up. Like, I'm if- so grateful to be here, and like, thank you for inviting me. It was it's so fun to talk to you guys. It's fun to talk to you too. I'm not kidding. I, I'm I like, usually talk a lot more, but she just 
I'm monopolized. I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm, I'm so in love with this conversation. And so uh, thank you so much for everything that you shared. Um, At the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests what boundaries, balance, health, and safety mean to them. Could you answer that just briefly? Absolutely. Um, So to me, it means um, holding true to what you believe um, with what you believe is right and wrong and ethically and holding boundaries with not only your team or coworkers, if you have it, but with clients. And like, if a client ever comes into my business and they treat and especially I'm like a mama bear to my, my team. I love them so much. If you treat my team wrong bye. I don't need you as a client. Like you're not allowed in my business and we have fired clients for that. Um, but it's, I do also feel like it's an energetic thing, right? Like we're all energetic beings. So it's also protecting yourself energetically. If someone comes in, in any part of your life with that energy, just like really uh, making sure you're, you hold that space for yourself. And if you, if you don't want to be around that person, it's okay because we do pick up on that energy and it does affect us. You know, it's like if you've ever hung out with a person and you feel like super drained afterwards, like that's that's them. It's not you. It's their energy. And so I just feel like that's really important. And like even with like people and their negativity and standing guard at the door of your mind and what you let in. It's why I do not watch the news because I don't let that into my mind. I don't have time for it. I don't want to focus on it. You get what you focus on and you get what you, you're letting into your mind. So I feel like um, that's so important. And especially right now where like the news is like freaking everyone out, mm-hmm. <laughs> understandably, but you know. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think you, whatever you invite, invite into your mind is what you create more of. Yeah. So if you're going to focus on negative, then you're going to invite more negativity in your life. And um, but so, I mean, we don't watch the news either at all. because Yeah, I'm going to get it from everybody else anyway. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I hope this doesn't I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but smart entrepreneurs do not watch the news. Mm-mm. No. I mean, most of my friends don't. So I that doesn't surprise me that you guys don't. That's funny. No, not at all. We have focus on what you can control and yeah. put your energy there so that you can be effective so that you can make progress and not sit and stew over things that have nothing to do with you. You know? Yeah. So okay. You are wonderful. Where can people find more from you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me. My uh, personal flashlight coaching Instagram right now is Bosses in Beauty. I don't have a website yet. It's in the process of being made, so it may or may not be up by the show. Um, Otherwise, you can also follow my business page at Flirt Wax Bar, where we mostly post a lot of amazing brow transformations. But um, yeah, those are that's where you can you can. Say hi. Awesome. So we will link this information in the episode notes. Raya, thank you so so much much. again for being here, sharing your story, and just bringing all of this positivity to our listeners today and to us. Thank you for that. All right. We'll talk to you soon.